0: off. Um, I just want to give you a um, quick update on APTN, and then we'll uh, hand over to Matt for the ferry flight discussion. And then after that, we'll have Airtech uh, joining and uh, giving us the uh, the presentation on on the camo side of things. So um, I just want to sh- share uh, one or two screens with you here now, just to give you the APTN update. Um, so. Share screen. Okay, so let's one there. Share. Yeah, that's that's a just a screenshot there of the live APTN system at the moment, and it should show you we're up to 167 members, here of aircraft technical professionals, and um, also the uh, enterprise members and the basic members as well. So. Yeah, so it's growing every week, and um, I just want to show you a quick search function here that uh, that's just uh, considering the, the uh, people we have on board today. If you, if you search CAMO in the system um, and up to the end of the year, there are a number of people that have put up on their profile that they have CAMO experience. So uh, when we come to the AirTech presentation, um that may be one of the topics is there enough camel expertise out there in the current uh, environment so that's just a a quick overview of one of the functions on the uh, system the other one i just want to show you is that under the continuous professional development um, section uh, that brings you at the moment into a a google drive area and that's what that looks like so you you have various folders there and i've put stuff in there some info folders, videos on APTN. The workshops, the physical workshops, which are in dim, dim and distant memory at this stage, uh, are in there in that folder. Uh, so we did a workshop. Aircraft digital records, aircraft structures, professional indemnity insurance, um, and yeah, so that that stuff is in there hoping to add stuff in there on the technical side on aircraft and power plants. I'm also working with Aeropodium on a couple of their events that which were supposed to happen in Dublin uh, this year and um, they're going to be held I think uh, online as either webinars or or similar video conference calls in the end of April and early May and I'm adding in the the content of the zoom calls here as well. Just to to briefly mention the APTN enterprise members folder so there will be some um, uh, some content in there for enterprise members uh that is in a in a in a um, protected folder where you have to enter your details to access that so that 's a a quick overview on the a p t n side of things um i'm going to stop that <coughs> and i'm going to ask uh, um, uh, Matthew to to take over and uh give us an update on the ferry flight side of things you okay match for that
1: yeah that 's great. Hi everyone, and um, thank you for thank you for asking uh, me to attend and, and contribute today as well. It's, I think it's a good um, it's a good call, and I was impressed with last week's call as well. So what I wanted to do was give you um, an overview on the on, on Six West on our ferry flight activity, quick overview also on COVID, um, how that's impacting our activity in in some aspects, but not in others. And then finally, to wrap off before we hand across to Air Tech, um an update very quickly on registrations for transitions, etc. Um, so we continue to operate. Um, oh, was two seconds. Sorry, the screen jumped there. On me. Okay, so we're, for those of us who don't know the company, we're a full-service aircraft operator. Uh, we provide f- um, flight services to the airline leasing and also OEMs. Uh, We're operating around 200 movements a year right now, um, including ferry, demonstration, observation, uh, flights. Uh, We also do quite a lot of ferry flight support as well. So where, for example, as a lessor, you may have the airline, the lessee returning the airplane. Um, They may sometimes have a request for us to do the flight planning or the ground handling, particularly if that's going off the, the airline's network. And we're operating globally. We are one of the few ferry companies in the world that has the OTARS approval, Um, that allows us to move aircraft on Bermuda and Cayman registers, Um, and in theory, any of the other UK OTARS countries as well, the overseas territories. And we see quite a lot of activity on that, particularly now, as I'll come to in my last slide, as there's a shift towards perhaps using some of the OTARS registers for um, transition purposes. Um, the aircraft types that we support basically cover the four lessor scope of aircraft and turboprops, narrow body, wide body, including I suppose I'll call them the newer types of wide bodies, the types of wide bodies that we haven't yet seen I suppose transition or be needed to be recovered, and that's obviously A380, 350, which is quite topical at the moment with some potential airline handbags. Um, full aviation liability insurance is in place as well Um, for for a movement we've been additionally insured on the whole um, but it's important that we have our own cover as well as a company and we also as a company uh, support the corporate jet sector as well we have a lot of experience in that sector and um, some lessors I know would have some uh, particularly lessors tied to banks would have some aircraft that perhaps the bank have financed and may need, may need assistance with recovery or movements. Um, so that's just a quick overview of, of, of what makes us up essentially with a full safety management system in place. Um, that'll be further enhanced this year, um, hopefully by ISO 9001 coming in as well that we're, we're voluntarily getting. We don't need to get that, but we're, we're over-regulating ourselves essentially by getting that. Um, and just to give you a snapshot of where we operated in 2019, um, just to really show you that we're, we are global. That was, that was just some of our flights in 2019. <clears throat> so 2019 saw a large activity. Uh, mostly this was made up of airline defaults in Europe, India, Brazil. Um, in fact, we're still actually flying some of those aircraft right now as they go through the last stages of transition, perhaps paint shops or deliveries, etc. Um An interesting fact for me uh, having been involved in the industry in a number of years now is that some of the traditional storage airports i suppose uh, a place like tarbs et etc are, are becoming full, and other facilities are now having to open, and perhaps airports become inventive in terms of trying to get into that that type of space so're we're, we're operating airplanes to some some destinations we would, we would never have previously and this year has Obviously, being a spiking activity as well, um, largely as a result of the COVID um, virus and then its its impacts on the airlines. So we're we're seeing a lot of requests for movements, and that that those those requests so far are sort of following the airlines that you've seen that have gone into administration, unfortunately. So we continue to operate during COVID. Um, I suppose if you'd have asked me this question when we in early March, I would have said we, it's going to be a challenge. It is a challenge. Movements are taking longer in some aspects. Um, they're becoming a lot more complex in terms of working around the regulation, working with the regulation. But we we maintain compliance with FAA, FAA, um, and all the CEA's guidance. They're, they're quite active in providing guidance to to operating crew. Uh, with flight planning around restrictions, and there is a lot of them. <clears throat> a lot of more detailed planning has to go into this as well because um, airline schedules are obviously limited, so positioning crew, et cetera, becomes a real hurdle at times. Um, we had a case actually this week of just trying to position crew back to Copenhagen from, from Ireland. They had to go to Amsterdam one day overnight and then go to Copenhagen the next day because there just wasn't scheduled available. Um, some of the permits are taking a little longer now to get issued as well, um, as a result of CAA's working from home. Um, they they <clears throat> they sort of manpower limited would be down, and also handling agents and airport services are operating on limited resource levels as well. Um, we had a case there recently in Montpellier where the the fuel company operate between eight and ten in the morning, and that's that's it for the day. Um, so what are we doing to keep our customers updated? Um, close, close coordination with our customers, um, daily communication, technical consultants far uh, more, much more enhanced than it would be in normal times. Um, <clears throat> aircraft releases from MROs, um, handling agents because they have that limited results available. They they sort of have to almost time the release of the aircraft coming out of the hangar if it needs towing etc. That that that's taking a lot of communication sort of juggling of, of, of activity. Daily contact with the customers via calls etc. As required. Um, and assisting also with airfield options, because we obviously fly a number of aircraft. Um, some of our customers may ask, for example, you know how many aircraft have we taken or what activity have we taken to some airfields. Um, a system of registration options and i'll touch that again when we come back to the last slide there and each evening for our customers as well we we actually publish a country restrictions list That that's an example of one that went yesterday that's specific to each customer and if anyone would like us to add them to that please let us know through alan or or, or come directly to me we'd be very pleased to help with that so just just the final slide there. The the the, the last um, there's been the, the the traditional options if you need to re to the airplane at the time of a transitional recovery. Are typically, what we see on the screen that there's nothing really changed there. One thing that we are seeing a change of though is a move away, particularly from two reg. Um, two reg have sort of had some quite quite intensive internal process changes recently. Um, up until, up until I suppose the end of last year, they would have been the go-to registration of choice for many lessors. Um, that's really changing now where, 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 where their business process has changed. And the change from two regs driving customers in towards Bermuda, Cayman, et cetera, to give, to give some more options. Um, and we, we, we're sort of talking with lessors um, almost weekly on those sorts of choices in terms of what what, what our experience as a user would be. So as we plan for a ferry, just some of the aspects that we will plan. These aren't really changed for COVID at all. Uh, Perhaps permit lead times are changed, but fuel, obviously very important. Uh, We we shop the market. Uh, We use as many providers as possible for that. Um, Permits need to be obtained. Um, That can be anything from three to 10 working days, depends which countries you're overflying. Ground handling agents need to be in place. Sometimes, if it's, a, if it's a default or a repossession, we may need to use different handling agents than the airline used. Um, funds may be owed by the previous lessee. Flight planning, crew selection, crew duty time. Um, the ASA implemented some rules last year which have um, sort of had an impact on that. Um, so, that's become a, a bigger factor now than it ever would have been. Traffic rights, TSA arrangements, transport security, America arrangements for. Trips in and out of the U.S., and of course, customs, import, export. We can assist with that where when needed. And so that, that's really up, that's really it from me in terms of an update, <coughs> in terms of what we're doing, what we what we we, we 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 are very actively involved with a lot of projects right now. I, 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 that that will only increase, unfortunately, as as airlines have to return airplanes or have no option to return thanks Matt for that. It was
0: uh, very useful, very informative. I just kick off with a question from my side um, cost wise for ferries are they increasing are pilot uh, costs increasing because of let 's say availability uh, and mm-hmm. the fact that you know
1: they can 't travel to locations without <coughs> with the yeah yeah. yeah some some pilot costs would increase, but that 's I suppose offset by the current fuel. Um, the fuel down down downgrade in pricing right now is very significant. Um, for example, we 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 previously gave some pricing to a customer for a wide body movement from Asia to North America, um, and if you looked at that pricing in January February time and look at it now, the fuel the fuel cost has halved literally. Um, so there's a significant offset for that. Pilot costs, I wouldn't say, are increasing rapidly. I, I think there will be some increase, perhaps, over the next um, year to 18 months, perhaps, but not, not significant, though.
0: Very good. Okay, I open it up there to the floor. Anybody else got questions for Matt there? Yeah, Matt. Well, um, from Chris from BOC Aviation. Um, Can you share what your experiences are with um, getting flight crews in and out of countries? Uh, We we were looking at some aircraft movements and uh, in many cases uh, we were told that basically the flight crew had to go into some kind of 14 days quarantine or wasn't, wasn't allowed to go into country at all and then you know, do you pay for those 14 days in quarantine? How do you get
1: around that? Yeah. Hi, Chris. Hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. It, it depends on which country specifically. Um, there are some countries stricter than others. A, a lot of the rules are in place have, I suppose, a, a clause for flight crew, maybe, I'd say. Um so far, we haven't had to put crew into quarantine. We've been we've been very lucky in that aspect. Having said that, though, Chris, there are some countries that, right now, I suppose, are off the grid because it's a, it is a mandatory quarantine. Um, Hong Kong is quite uh, strict at the moment. Although there is just this week, actually, they've published a, a procedure for flight crew uh, both arriving on a, on a on a ferry, for example, and also arriving on a commercial airliner as well. Um, there's 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 quite a distinct I suppose we there's there's a distinct avenue there between crew when they're actually flying and operating the airplane and when they position as a passenger because when they position as a passenger generally they lose any kind of status I suppose that they would have had um, flying the airplane operating the airplane so so we do have to be careful um, uh, we we've 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 crew kind of going coming in and going out of Asia absolutely no problem and I can. If you, I, I, I'm very happy to talk to you either later on this this afternoon or even tomorrow morning if it's if it's better for your time. Uh, some
0: one last question on on this topic, then we move it on. Um, let's see from Mike Long there. Question on: Do
1: you offer insurance for ferry uh, mass? Yeah, we 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 can offer. So the, the, the actual insurance for the whole has to come from the owner of the aircraft or the lessor. Um what we have done in the past is actually we've linked, for example, our broker into a lessor to purchase the insurance uh, for the for the flight risk, for the flight and ground risk. Our insurance effectively covers us, but but would sit as secondary to being named on the whole insurance. Good. All
0: right. Um, just conscious at a time here. Um, If you're okay, if you have any other questions, let me know and we'll we'll, we'll get them answered. We just want to move on to uh, Airtech now and the discussion on CAMO. If you're ready there, Sean and Declan.
2: Yeah, thanks very much, Alan. Um, Just to say, my my name is Sean Dooley. I look after our Technical Operations Department here in Airtech Aviation Services. So our main focus is, is supporting our various products, the aircraft types we cover, and the support services for aircraft transitions and movements. Um, so a core aspect of that would be our, our CAMO service, and we're just here today to discuss some real-time aspects of the current CAMO environment. So for that purpose, I'm joined here in our Shannon office, even though we're here in the office, we're segregated um, by our CAMO manager, Declan and Anne. So please feel free to join in the discussion or to raise a query for you. Um, for now, I'll hand over to Declan, um, respecting our social distancing, to our um, CAMO manager, Declan and Ann, subject matter expert. Declan.
3: Afternoon, everybody. I'm just going to share a screen here for the moment and kick this off. So currently, as everybody is aware, there's a, a higher demand for CAMO services is what we're seeing at the moment. Um, many of our projects that we had been dealing with for the last number of months have since extended due to failure in deliveries of uh, aircraft, due to the aircraft or airlines postponing, um, taking aircraft into their fleet. So much of our work that we had uh, planned to phase out over the next month or so has been extended. Um, And similarly then we have additional requests coming, uh, thick and fast for support worldwide with various um, issues with airlines. So with that in mind, um, in terms of extensions to uh, airworthiness certificates, um, the Irish Aviation Authority has published uh, an aeronautical notice to uh, facilitate ARC extensions. But that only applies in a specific situation where an aircraft on its uh, second extension may be due to uh, expire the ARC Soon enough, um, they have uh, allowed a six-month extension to that to facilitate um, later physical inspections by the Air and Review staff. So there is some alleviation there in specific instances from, from the IEA. Um, recently, we have had a situation with the Isle of Man Authority as well, where they granted a temporary extension to a CFA that was due to expire which was uh, useful for us in the movement of an aircraft um, where the CFA was about to expire. We got a temporary three-month extension on that. So there seems to be uh, flexibilities there with with various authorities uh, to some degree. Um, Following on from that then, uh, obviously with most of the worldwide fleet being uh, grounded, we see um, a significant increase in the storage of aircraft. And uh, obviously from our point of view as camo, for projects that we will be involved in, it's massively important that the um, proper uh, storage procedures are followed by the uh, maintenance organisations, as specified by the types or of and OEM um, guidelines for the AMM. So you know, it's it's all well and good parking an aircraft or storing an aircraft, but obviously, as you all know, there is uh, specific checks to be carried out. Uh, very frequently on the aircraft, and uh, we would be, as a camo, independent camo, looking after uh, those aircraft, we would be very, very um, on top of the MROs and making sure that they're carrying out those AMM checks uh, properly. Similarly, then, you may have situations, then, uh, during the storage period, for some reason, that uh, deviations would occur, deviations in the maintenance manual uh, procedures for storage of those aircraft um, and again we would be monitoring the maintenance organizations very closely um, that they properly record any deviations because during the return to service procedure you know that's when you would have to go to the likes of maybe Airbus and uh, uh, hold your hand up maybe or, you know for any deviations to the storage procedure and get them to, um, to sanction them or any uh, apply any corrective procedures and uh, we have seen also some alleviations from uh, the likes of Boeing or Airbus in terms of stopping the clock on certain maintenance tasks but again that has to be uh, in line with the uh, OEM data and in conjunction with uh, approval from the uh, applicable authority as well so in short without dragging it on too much you know there's some of the, the main issues that we see are not issues but um more points that we're we're focusing on at the moment in terms of storage of aircraft and um and such also we're you know we're slightly restricted in uh, travel uh like everybody else so uh travelling for ARC inspections at the moment is uh, is currently not permitted um uh but that's you know there's very few aircraft uh, going through an arc process at the moment uh, for us, so that's uh, that's okay. Um, that's it in short from uh, from our side from our presentation. If anybody has any questions, we be happy to answer.
0: Uh, thanks uh, for that. Uh, uh, I was impressed to see that uh, that Airtech, one of the responses to COVID nineteen, um, I know it's more Part Twenty One than than Camo, but you have your. Uh, hand sanitizer dispenser mod available now for installation on aircraft that's uh, I'm sure a welcome development for for a lot of uh, operators. Um, But uh, just on the uh, camo side of things one question from my side have the FAA issued any uh, let's say COVID related uh, relaxations of uh, inspection rules or is, is remote inspection allowed for a COA? Uh, on, on the FAA side, or even on the ASA side, can you do inspections remotely, or do you physically have to have somebody on site every time?
3: Well, let me answer the more relevant one to us. Anyway, at the start would be from uh, from the ASA side, and certainly from the IAA, um, and dealing with uh, the ASA authorities. There is no exemption for remote inspections uh, allowed by Airworthiness Review staff. It is mandated that the Airworthiness Review staff carrying out the records audit of the aircraft also carry out the physical inspection of the aircraft. Uh, and currently there is no alleviation in that. Um, so from the FAA side, uh, I'm not aware of any alleviations um, from, from them in terms of physical inspections. They do have guidelines uh, on their website for um, allowances for dealing with crew training and uh, technical training, etc. and stuff like that. But I haven't seen any um, alleviations from the FAA in terms of their C of A's. But, um, just want some comments in
0: there from the group chat. Barry uh, Flynn from ELFC just mentioned uh, about engine uh, preservation, OEMs are showing some flexibility in terms of engine preservation, which is welcome. Uh, I think last week on the call, I think Mike aiken smith from Worldstar mentioned that, that Airbus were, were um, allowing some exemptions as well. So. Uh, but I see from, from Mike again, uh, there's not much relief from Rolls-Royce on engine storage or preservation, so uh, watch that space,
2: as we say. Uh, I think, Alan, the key the key for engine preservation and airframe preservation is, is getting it right at the start.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, any more questions for Declan or for Sean there on the camo side of things? If not, we're just at the half hour mark, which is good. Um, So I'm just going to uh, wrap up Uh, next week. Small change to the, to the, um, let's say the timing of the call. I'm planning to do the call on Wednesday next week. reason for that is that I've been talking to Paul Kennedy uh, from uh, Worldwide Composite Services and Paul is doing a free webinar kind of to uh, bring people up to speed on composite issues and I mean, obviously, with all of aircraft being parked close together now, you're going to get, you know, things bumping into each other. So composite repair, damage repair is going to become more prevalent. So um, Paul is doing that call uh, webinar on Wednesday next week. So I'll uh, send out the invite to that, to my APTN uh, circulation. Uh, Paul is doing his own circulation on that. So I think it's an hour long call next Wednesday around the same time. Um, and uh, that will be the APTN uh, Zoom call next week. The following week, um, haven't uh, decided on topics. And again, like I said last week, open to any topics you'd like to see covered, or people you'd like to come on board and talk about particular topics. So, let me know either on the on the chat here before we finish, uh, or send me an email. And uh, we'd like to, you know, bring people on board that can add something to the to the discussion. Um, i think i prepared one small poll um here uh just uh, to conclude with uh and again uh, for future calls if you can if you think of, of of suitable questions for the poll i'll put them up here but uh yeah just simple question on camo um is there a shortage of camo providers available to you internationally you know um again it's it's an anonymous poll if you just want to put your comments in there um we'll see what the result is um so on that note uh, guys if everybody any more questions before we finish no okay so we're just over the half hour mark good timing thanks uh Matt for your contribution sean and Declan. It was very useful and um we'll uh, send a summary out uh, on an email either tomorrow or monday and then the invite for next week's call will go out on monday or tuesday and if, if you saw from last week's call uh you uh, have the facility now to listen to the call on a um on um on a podcast on on uh Spotify so when you're going going out for your 2 kilometer distance walk or run you can listen into all this wonderful stuff on your on your on your on your on your, on your Spotify podcast so uh uh thanks again for participating and look forward to seeing you next week uh with uh, Paul's uh presentation and uh, good luck and take care and stay safe all
3: right thanks very much alan
1: Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Alan.
3: thanks guys